Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. Good evening, everybody. It's the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast. It is Friday, October 28th, 2022, and we're definitely uh, happy to have you here tonight. Uh, we're going to be getting to some big news uh, from the NFL. Uh, the World Series is going on as we speak. Uh, looks like it's uh, fourth inning, the top of the fourth inning uh, between the Astros and the Phillies. Uh, Houston leading 5-3 to three in Game 1 of the 2022 World Series. We'd love to hear from you tonight. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. As I mentioned, uh, we'll get into uh, what's going on in the NFL. We'll bring up some World Series stuff. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, college football recruiting here this evening. Alan will have uh, some boxing news for us. Uh, so if you'd like to join us here tonight, our number to call is 516-418-5572. Again, that is 516-418-5572. Keep in mind, folks, this is a family show. So uh, foul language certainly is uh, off limits as best as we can. So uh, tonight, uh, of course, Alan is joining us uh, here. And uh, good evening, Alan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. You know, really appreciate uh, fans. Really appreciate you, Aaron. Definitely. And also, we also appreciate our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Delicious barbecue sauce. Please pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. Our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. And the great thing is, I'm going to start my Saturday morning awesome because I'm going to be meeting with some great, great people tomorrow morning. And one of those great people is going to be Chef G. I'll be eating breakfast tomorrow with Chef G to start off my Saturday. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, speaking of his barbecue sauce, you mentioned the four-pack there. We're coming up to holiday season. That's a great gift to get someone. Or, you know, if you're like me, get it for yourself. You know, it's, it's great stuff, as we mentioned before. Uh, we've been using it here at my house for the last several months now. It's great. Um, I love to dip French fries in it. We cook chicken on the grill, um, even steaks from time to time. It's a great uh, great side, a great uh, uh, sauce to you know dip your steak in, if you will. So uh, definitely check him out there. And uh, we – Definitely do appreciate Chef G. He has been uh, tremendous here for us this last uh, uh, seven or eight months, whatever it's been. So uh, tonight yeah. we're going to kick things off um, and uh, kick them off in the wrong way, it looks like. Uh, it looks like the Buccaneers and more specifically Tom Brady are just uh, it's just not a good year. Um, I kind of predicted not necessarily the off-the-field stuff that's happened with him, uh, which is obviously going to be newsworthy, and we'll talk a lot about that here in a moment, but just where the Bucks are right now as a team at three and five. They've lost, I think it's three games in a row at this point. Um, offense seems to not be there. Brady's mind seems to be in other places. He's throwing passes too high, too far, too short, too, too left, too right. Um, you know, he's starting to show his age as a 45 year old in a lot of ways, even though he still seems somewhat poised. It's a little bit confusing in that regard, but I, I want to get your take on where things are not only with, uh, with the Bucks, but with Tom Brady right now. It's a complete, it's a complete mess. I see remnants of 
the Buccaneers, meaning the team that was prior to Brady. The, the Buccaneers have this history and this culture of when things go bad, they seem to just tank it in. Now, I can't put all the blame on Tom Brady because he's not, he's not deserving to put it all on him. I would have to say he deserves about 60% of the blame, but a lot of the blame also has to fall on the defense. I never thought I would see the day where I see Devin White basically minimize himself to just pushing guys out of bounds instead of making plays. You know, they, the Ravens just ran all over the Bucks, which is supposed to be the highlight, over 200 yards in the second half of a game. And I look at Tom Brady as a guy who's unhinged. You know, he's, he's on edge. He's those these little temper tantrums. And you can see in his body language that when he maybe a guy doesn't do the route well or he misses a guy, it's like, here we go again. You can just see it in his body language. It's like the defeatist attitude. And it's just not a good look, you know, for the, the Bucks. I don't like what I'm seeing, especially this last game on Thursday. This is a primetime game you had at home. This is a game that I did not see the Bucks actually losing. Even though everything said the Ravens were going to win, I still gave the Bucks a slither of hope because I couldn't see, for one reason, I could not see a Brady team going down three to five three wins and five losses, and lo and behold, they did exactly that. So the only slither of hope that I'll say, because I'm a positive person, that the Bucks do have is that they have now 10 days off. They have 10 days to figure some things out, get guys healthy. But, you know, we'll talk about the off-the-field stuff with Brady in a bit, as you mentioned, Aaron, but on the field, the Bucks and Brady have not been good and been a disappointment the entire year. Yeah, it, it really is astonishing to some degree that this has happened. And I think uh, the two comments I want to make, uh, first of all, and I said this to you off air prior to the show, the guy I feel the worst for right now is is Todd Bowles, uh, who I, I think by all accounts, I think is going to be an excellent NFL coach. I think when the transition from, uh, or to him rather, as the head coach happened uh, back in, I think it was March or April, you know, I, I looked at it as, you know, we we kind of all felt like this was going to be Tom Brady's final year. We don't know for sure that's going to be the case yet. But going forward, Todd Bowles being a defensive-minded coach, I think you're going to see a big emphasis on building the defense back up, you know, through the draft and free agency and trades and that kind of stuff going forward. Um, so we'll see how that plays out over the next several seasons. But I, I do feel bad for him because if you think about it, when he took over, he took Bruce Arians' job when he stepped down here earlier this year. It was like he was being given the keys to this beautiful, slightly used car, um, you know, fill in the blank with whatever car you think is a great car, and then starts to drive it. And as he gets down the, the road, it's like pieces are falling off, and he realizes his car is a lemon. You know, he, he, he got a car that wasn't as good as it looked like at first. And that, that's kind of where I feel th- this team has gone this year. They certainly on paper look great, and by all accounts, what they did the last two years you know, we all kind of felt like, okay, this is going to carry over. Now, yes, you're missing Gronk. That is a huge piece to not have, you know, on this roster. Um, how big of a difference that's making right now, I, I don't know how we can necessarily, uh, you know, qual- uh, quantify that. I think analytically speaking, it certainly makes a difference. But um, the other thing I'd throw out there, too, is, you know, Brady's been in the league as a starting quarterback since uh, about the midway point of the 2001 season. Um, the only year he didn't really play – was 2008 because in that first game, of course, he uh, tore his ACL on his knee. 
here's here's the thing about Brady though. This is a guy who team he's ever played on. The entire tenure with the Patriots and then his first year, last year of course with the Bucks, he's always been on a contending team. So he's never been in a position like this before. This is the first time in his career that he's ever faced any of the stuff he's facing right now. He's been under 500 before earlier in the season, but not to this degree where you're three and five. And here's the big thing. There's a lot of doubt going forward. I mean, there's not really any signs of this team getting better right now. I think that's the downside, but you made a good point there. Ten days off, that's a lot of time. Normally, between a Sunday and a Sunday, you have about five days off, maybe four, uh, when it comes to, you know, practices and, and that kind of stuff and travel days if you're going on the road. Now this 10 days off, this, this might be the biggest 10 days off of his uh, entire NFL career. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I want to bring in here tonight our good buddy Luke. I'm sure as a giant, giant Jets fan, <laughs> he's a giant Jets fan, if you will. I'm sure he has some, uh, some words about Brady. I want to get your opinion here uh, tonight, Lou. How are you doing? All right, better than what Brady is. Boy, he's had a terrible week. I mean, he's two, he's three, he's three and five. This is the worst of his pro career. And on top of that, well, this should come as no surprise, but the divorce is final. Him and Giselle are no more. I don't know what's, I don't know what's what worse than how what's worse than that. He's three and five, or his marriage is over. So he's really feeling the you know, a lot this week. I agree with Lou. This is a rough week, a rough week for Tom Brady. And I think this break, this 10 days off, serves Tom better than anybody, including the guys who have injuries on the Bucks. But, man, that is a tough week for you to have. In 20 years, it's been the last time they said he's had a record of 3-5 and five to start. And now you also officially are divorced. It's been a rough week. I mean, that's that's. I just feel yeah, bad yeah. for Tom Brady. You know, I, I think um, the wheels are definitely falling off. And, Lou, one of the things I wanted to ask you is yeah. I feel as if now Tom Brady has lost the team, meaning a year ago and when he came, guys respected him and they moved and they took everything he said to heart. Now he just sounded like to them like a grumpy old man. They're not even listening really to what he's saying. What is your opinion yeah, about Brady going off on everybody? Well, I think it's all adding up to it, you know, with the divorce one. So I think he's really taking his anger to anybody else, you know, to be honest. I mean, it's playing a factor. You know, I mean, sure, you can't go up half eight all the time, but still. I mean, I, I think I understand, you know, that his, um, where all this frustration is coming from. Yeah, and I, I agree with, with Aaron, too, that Todd Bowles, you know, he really thought he had a great car and the wheels are falling off. He's found out the reason yeah. why they sold that car to you. Yeah. You know, they found out the reason, the real reason. Yeah. Oh, this is the reason why they sold this car. It looks great, but it's not all great. And also what I do think, another thing why I say it cannot be all on Tom Brady is I feel as if the Bucks are becoming way too predictable on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. They are. They're, become, they're becoming way too predictable as to what they're doing. And what are your thoughts about the play calling and the Bucks and what they're doing offensively and defensively, making it very obvious to what they're going to call? Well, I think this is desperation. I mean, when you get to this point and you're that predictable, it's, 
you're, you're just you're just throwing things out there to throw them out there. You're not you're not really thinking through the the process there. And I think that's that's another big problem right now um, is the the things that you used to do a year and two years ago that worked. Now they've they've snuffed it out. You know, and that, that's the big thing about the NFL is if you're not constantly changing, it's kind of like you know we, we talk about this or hear you know commercials for this or see this uh, in ads all the time. You know, cure with your passwords for your accounts and things like that because hackers figure things out. It's so different than yeah. what's going on in the NFL. These, these defenses have figured out what plays are being called, and the offenses are figuring it out too, and, and they're, you know, running through them like it's nothing at this point. So I think you got to make some changes. I think, um, I, I think they have the right, uh, the right coaching staff in place. There's no question about that. I just feel like right now that we're seeing, and I think we're going to see more of this, unfortunately, as the year goes by, we're seeing a lot of the, the dirty laundry starting to come out, um, starting to air, be aired here. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see, you know, more of it happen, especially if they're losing more games. A lot of this stuff gets kind of buried when you're doing well. And I think right now he, he's missing Gronk. He doesn't have him. Obviously his home situation is definitely not. That's another thing. Yeah. Home situation yeah. is certainly – it's got to be weighing on him. I mean – it, you know, at, at this point, so it, it it really it's a mess, and I just I don't know what I don't know what the what the uh, the way is to clean it up at this point. I, I'm not sure that there is anything that can happen or can be done that would no. put it back in the right uh, the right position. So well, I was referring to like you know they don't have Gronk anymore, so that's also playing a factor. Because like I said before, can they do without the two of them together? And so far, the answer that question has been a resounding no. Yeah, he's definitely missing Gronk, his his security blanket, especially you, in the red I zone. I told you. You know, you're right, Lou. Especially in the red zone, it, it, they that's where they actually have been struggling, or offensively the most is in the red zone. He had over 20 touchdowns at this point in the year last year, well over 20. He only has nine this year, and the biggest issue is once they get to the 20 yard line, they can't punch it in. He had Gronk out yeah. in the in the corners. You know, and he had a he had a touchdown the other day. Yes, yesterday he missed the guy. If it's Gronk down there, he catch it. And one of the things that I also wanted to bring about the Bucks is I feel as if the Bucks let that Super Bowl victory get to their head. They feel, and you could tell, mm-hmm. they feel as if they don't have to work so hard to get it. You have to scratch and claw to win a championship. Nobody cares that you won one two years ago at this point. They haven't forgotten it, but that doesn't mean that yesterday's success is not today's success. You have to go ahead and fight for it. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I feel as if that's another thing the Bucks are dealing with. They are dealing with the fact that they won the Super Bowl and guys are acting accordingly. What are your thoughts on that, mm-hmm. Lou? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I mean, I think they expected too much. They may expect too much. You know, think, well, we won a Super Bowl last year. We're going to go back and do it this year. And, you know, after when they lost it to the AFC Championship game, you know, I think it got to him. And, you know, I thought, you know, he was saying he's going to retire, but then uh, six weeks later he decided to come back and whatnot, you know, because he went to go out on a losing note. But uh, this year, uh, you know, he has lived up to, you know, the breed that we've come to know and I've come to love to hate. So, <laughs> so do you think – I'll ask it to both of you. Do you feel, and I'll tell you my answer too, do you think Tom Brady at this point after week eight is regretting coming back? 
Yes. Okay. I do. Okay. I thought, well, maybe I should retire. Okay, I know I lost the championship game, but maybe I thought, eh, you know, I want to give one more try. Now I'm moving to regret. <laughs> what What are your thoughts, Aaron? I absolutely think he is now, and I think it's it's you know based on the circumstances. I don't think he would have regret. I don't think he would have regretted it at all if they were five and three or you know had a winning record and things were going their way. I think this was this was a gamble for him to come back, whether the off the field yeah. stuff was happening or not. Yeah. You know, again, I mentioned before, this is a guy with maybe one of the greatest legacies in sports history, based on what he's accomplished. You know, seven Super Bowl titles. Um, one of only two quarterbacks to ever win multiple championships or win a Super Bowl with rather multiple teams. Um, Peyton Manning, of course, being the other. All those things are going to be still there, but it's kind of like, you know, and, and I'm a, of course, huge fan of Michael Jordan. It's kind of like those last couple of years when he was in the league playing for the Wizards. It just didn't seem right. And that's, that's what this year seems like for, for Tom Brady. It's not the same thing as Jordan, but just the fact that it's a different uniform we're not seeing him play the way that we are accustomed to. It's a really strange thing uh, that we're seeing this happen right now for, for Brady. And I, I would say that the majority of it is probably mental. I think there's a mental block there that is, is really, you mm. know, been detrimental to his ability to play at the high level that he's played at in the past. No, I agree. Yeah. I think I did not – I was holding out that he probably was not regretting it up until – Yesterday, I think yesterday, as a result of them officially going three and five and seeing his body language and also knowing that his divorce is finalized, I think you put all that together, he is definitely regretting that he came back. It's kind of like you went to the cookie jar one too many times and you got caught. And now yeah. you got that's what happened. You know, things worked out for him so many times, but he went, he went to the cookie jar one too many times. And it all went downhill. I think he's regretting it. He's his team is really struggling, and I see a guy who's trying. He he looks he looks desperate in the regard that he's trying to do everything he can. But sometimes in life, you can do everything you want to try and do. If it's just not meant to be, it's just not meant to be. And you know, he's got injuries to deal with. He got the defense not doing their part. I agree with you to your point, Aaron. I agree. If the team was flipped, if they were five and three, he w- he would be doing very good and not regretting it. But to be going in a year where you have to deal with a divorce, your team is three and five. You're not looking like a team that is going to bounce out of a, a slump, so to speak. You lost to the Steelers, a very winnable game. You lost to the Carolina, a lay a laydown game. You should have just destroyed. And it's 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 weighing on him, and now he's starting to. You can see it in the body language. One little thing goes goes wrong, he sucks it all in. So I absolutely I did not think I did not think about yeah. this much until yesterday. But I do think at this juncture he is absolutely regretting coming back and saying, you know what, maybe losing against the Rams wasn't so bad after all. I had a stellar year. Maybe I didn't get the MVP, but I had a stellar year. And I still was going out, number one, voted by my peers. But now it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long season. Having said that, Lou, it's not going to be a long season for you because tomorrow's your turnaround. What do you got cooking for tomorrow? 
You know we're going to be doing a World Series with uh, the cheaters. I mean, the, Ast- the Astros and Phillies, <laughs> although uh, mm-hmm. it had to do it, had to do it. Um, uh, college, uh, NFL and college football um, predictions. Um, we'll look at the injury list. Uh, we'll look at the NFL trades because the deadline is Tuesday, so we got to keep an eye on that. Uh, NBA and NHL. And there's a little bit of college basketball news I'm going to touch on because um, we've already got some news there. So if you got time, uh, the number is still the same, 512-543-462. Remember, it's now 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, like I said, there are changes coming. Um, they shouldn't be major, uh, but just a little bit, um, just a little bit uh, uh, change here and there. But as more information, as the weeks go on, I will give you more into detail. Nothing, nothing is uh, written in stone just yet. So um, stick around for the announcement. So if you got time between four and six tomorrow, uh, give a call. Yeah. Sure to be, sure to be interesting, especially with the World Series. I'll also give my predictions tomorrow. Who's going to win the World Series? Some of you might agree with it, and some of you won't. Well, you probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's Lou, the Enhanced Sports Show, from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow, 512-543-4662, 512-543-4662. Please support our great buddy Lou, and definitely call in and have a great time. We always appreciate Lou and our show on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome. Thank have you, Lou. Great, have a great night, Lou. <laughs> great buddy, Lou. So definitely always great to hear from him. And, you know, I I did want to ask you this question, you know, before we move on about the Bucks. I wanted to get your thoughts first on the playoffs. Do you think the Bucks still make the playoffs? I tell you what, if they are going to make the playoffs, they have to turn things around immediately. Um, I think this next game, you know, we talk about a must-win um, scenario. Like last week we were talking about the Yankees. They had to win game three or, or it was over, and, of course, that's what ended up happening. They got swept by Houston. So to the Bucks side of things, and I, I forget who their next game is against. I think it might be Rams. Rams. The Rams. I mean, they have a, they have a tough schedule coming up. Um, I think a win against the defending Super Bowl champs who are kind of struggling a little bit themselves are in a better position yep. than the Bucks are. But a win against a team like that would go a long ways to really build momentum. But I think if they lose that game and they fall to three and six, it's not impossible to come out of a three and six hole, but it's not going to be easy. And here's the thing. I think the, the team in this division that I think now is probably in the best position and has the least amount of turmoil and I'd say they don't have any turmoil at this point believe it or not is the Atlanta Falcons we saw what happened of course or the Bucks are obviously in the position they're in right now we've seen the uh, changes uh, to the you know coaching staff the player personnel in Carolina I just feel like they, they might gel but it might be a little bit later in the season before they do it and it seems like the Saints just can't stay healthy enough to be competitive so I really feel like the Falcons might be the team that maybe takes this division this year. It's kind of surprising because I think as young a team as they are, most people would have picked them to probably finish in last. And it's kind of an upside-down division at this point. So my answer to that is you have to win this game against the Rams. You fall to three and six. And I think it it kind of continues to to, uh, snowball on the rest of the season. If you win that game, you have momentum to go the other direction. You've stopped the losing streak. 
and things can improve for you from there because then you can get to five and five and then start you know, digging your way out of the, the hole that you're in. But if not, I think it's over. No, I, I agree. I, I really do think that the Bucks, you know, it's not over for them. The silver lining is you have 10 days off. You can do a lot in 10 days. You get guys healthy. You can change your attitude, add in a couple of plays. There's a lot can change in 10 days. Having said that, you, I agree with you. The Rams are not the team that they were last year. That is actually a winnable game. They still have to play the part. But that is a game that the Bucks can, I would say, it's more reasonable for them to win it this year than it was last year. Last year, this team playing them, no shot at all. But I say that they have a shot to beat the Rams. They have a tough schedule. The Seahawks afterwards, who's not a, a laydown. So they have to, I agree with you. It's a, it's a must win. They have to win and break the streak to get the morale up. Because if they lose against the Rams, even if they're not mathematically eliminated, I see the ship going down pretty fast with the Bucks. The Bucks, that's one Achilles heel that they have, is when things go bad and they're not even eliminated, they self-indulge and they become the sucking ears. They don't give the effort. They tank. I've seen it before. I've seen it live in games. They they have tackle. They don't give the effort. You know, they that's the culture of the Bucks. And I I saw that culture in last night's game. I say, if they don't win against the Rams, this season's over. And it's going to be – if you think it's bad for Tom Brady right now, if they lose against the Rams, it's going to get three times worse for him. He, he's going to be screaming at himself before the season's over if they lose against the Rams. It is a must win for them against the Rams. I agree with you 110%. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And you mentioned, you know, the rest of their schedule is kind of a, a mixture of some good teams and some – not so good teams, but that game the following week, I mean, look, Seattle has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, they might even be a playoff team at this point. Their division has kind of gone to, to some degree. They're a little bit better, of course, but it's kind of gone somewhat similar. Um, every team in that division is alive, though, which is a, a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, it's not going to be an easy cakewalk the rest of the way. They're going to have to earn this if they're going to get there. Yeah, I agree. I think the games that they had – to kind of win that was kind of on the schedule for them to pick up a, a you know, hard fort, but a, a W was the Steelers, Carolina. Those were games that you had to win so that you have a buffer. They don't have a buffer now. You have to pretty much win and, and kind of run the table for the rest of the season, not win every single game, but you're going to have to go on a stretch of six, six out of seven or seven out of eight. You know, you, you have to do something like that because you're right. Atlanta is coming on strong. They actually are, are been the more steady of the team. The Falcons, I think, should have actually won that game against the Bucks, But they got, the, you know, a couple of really bad calls against them. But they, I watched that game. They, Atlanta had the Bucks right where they wanted them. And it slipped because of, you know, two poor calls. One was pass interference that should have been called against the Bucks. It was not. And definitely that rough in the passer call was the GOAT getting a GOAT call. And lo and behold, Atlanta ended up with a, with a loss. But, yeah, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, the Bucks, but it, it's a very slim chance. You know, I, I would never have thought yeah. that the Bucks would in this, this predicament. 
but it is a very slim chance. And definitely you being a family man, I wanted to get your thoughts on Tom Brady's divorce being finalized. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, that's a sad thing. You know, I mean, obviously you, you never want to hear that for anybody. Um, even a famous person like Tom Brady. I mean, obviously he's got kids and they were together for what, 12, 13 years, whatever it was. So 13, yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. 13. So, I mean, it, it, it's certainly not a fun thing to hear about. Um, definitely, um, you know, hopefully he can get through it all and, and, uh, you know, come out the other side and, and, you know, move on and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, I think it's affected him, you know, I think it, it has affected him on the field. I think it's probably affected some of his friendships uh, for sure. And, you know, trying to focus on being a star quarterback, it doesn't make that any easier as well. But I think a lot of this, and I'm, I'm going to kind of go into where I honestly feel about some of this stuff. I think a lot of this stemmed from dating back to early February of this year when he retired and then uh, abruptly five or six weeks later decided to come back. And I don't know what the conversation between the two of them was, but I, I think that, that I, I, it's, it's ironic to say this, but I think his uh, field has been affected by his personal life, which ironically has been affected by his decision to come back and play in the first place. So I don't think either side, uh, the off the field or on the field stuff, are doing the other side any favors here. They're kind of working against each other really at this point. No, I agree. And when your things are not going home, you know, there's a saying, happy wife, happy life. And I, I second that, meaning if things are not going good at home, it may not happen in the first day, the first week, or even month, but eventually it's going to put a toll on your work life. And that's what it is. You know, you know, things are in turmoil. He has two girls. He's been, been with someone for 13 years. And I agree with you. I think this all stemmed from not his decision to retire, but from that, this, you know, one of the big things about marriage is in any relationship is communication. And there was clear communication that from what I understand that Tom Brady was supposed to retire at the end of the year, which he did, but the decision to come back for selfish reasons, I wanted Tom to come back. However, I thought that his decision to come back was approved with him and his family. Obviously, that was not the case. So, you know, there's a rule that I say is that you don't put your family above your job. And, and unfortunately, this is, you know, his love for football superseded his, you know, want to stay home and be with the family. And it's very clear. And you're right. I, to your point, you know, that, that's where everything stemmed from. And it just went downhill from there. You know, we came back, his wife publicly said that she was in his corner, but we find out a couple of weeks right after he came back that she wasn't too happy about it. And it just went downhill from there. So he, he drew a line in the sand and said, hey, I'm choosing football over family. And now the way I look at it is, you know, I feel bad for him. I really do. I, I, don't, I know that this type of uh, relationship when you split, it's actually worse on the kids than it is actually as bad as it is for you as the adult and you and your wife, it's even worse for the kids. And I feel bad for him and his family that this turmoil has happened. I wish the best for him. But I think right now he's – there's no turning back. Meaning one thing that he could do in his next 10 days, get with Mike Evans, get with Julio Jones, take him out to dinner, make a big bond with them because you're going to be in this boat with them. They're your family. So for the next eight, eight weeks – 
and make the most of it and try your best to win because there's no turning back. You can't just quit now. You already lost your marriage and your family. You got to see this thing all the way through. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really the only thing you can do uh, is try to find a positive foothold and, and of course, uh, move forward. So now speaking of quarterbacks that wear the number 12 that are future Hall of Famers, um, what a struggle it has been the last uh, three weeks, really the whole season, but the last three weeks uh, have been also a big struggle for Green Bay. Um, Now Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the same off the field stuff going on that Tom Brady does. That drama isn't there for him. But the Packers have just absolutely fallen on hard times. They lost three games in a row. You go back and look, they lost uh, to, to the Giants uh, over in London. Uh, they lost to the Jets uh, almost two weeks ago now. And then last week, a game they really should have won against the Commanders. They really, Commanders commanded them pretty much the entire game uh, last week. Um, you know, the, the question I've posed uh, several times um, you know, really over the last three weeks is should Aaron Rodgers you know, hang it up after this season? And I think there's a very good chance that happens. Um, I don't know that Green Bay, just just like where uh, Tampa's at right now, I don't know that Green Bay is going to find that right formula or magic, you know, touch or whatever to, to get back into, you know, winning football. I mean, they play, they play the Bills on Sunday Night Football coming up this week. That's not going to be an easy game. It's in Buffalo. And – Green Bay has really, really struggled this year, especially lately. After a really good three and one start, they've now fallen to three and four. So I want to get your thoughts on where the Packers are and where Aaron Rodgers is at. They're they're in a bad place, and as you know, I definitely think they're trying to build chemistry. Aaron does not trust his receivers. You could tell that he's still in the back of his mind saying, "Man, it would be nice to have Monte out there." You can just see it in his head. But they, they're not on the same page. Now, I do feel as if the Packers are in better shape than the Bucks. I hate to say it, but I do feel overall I think it's just a play or two off for the Packers than making a play or not or stopping the other team from making a play. I, I feel as if the Packers are closer to ha- turning the ship around than the Bucks are. I really do. And having said that, you know, I, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, is still Aaron Rodgers. He can he can light it up. You know, he can move. He can get the guy open. He still has that magic in him. But I agree with you. I, I think they're in a tough stretch of schedule. For the first time, I noticed that you did not pick the Packers to beat the Bills, which I agree with. I don't see the Packers beating the Bills in Buffalo. I, I just think that. The Packers are going to have to go through it, but because they're in a weaker division, I feel as if they have a shot to make the playoffs, but you can never count Aaron Rodgers out, and I think they're actually in a better shape than I feel as if the Bucks are. So, yes, they're struggling, but I do think it could be a play or two around that could turn things around be right, right in the hunt of things. What are your thoughts on where the Packers are at? Yeah, I definitely think Green Bay is in a better position. I, I, I mean, as far as the division is concerned, I think that Tampa has a better is in a better spot divisionally speaking. I think that Green Bay is probably in a better spot for a wild card because you look at where Minnesota is at right now. A lot of people haven't really thought that Minnesota is even one of the elite teams at this point. And look, they're 
uh, currently sitting atop the NFC North at five and one. So they've got a two game lead on uh, Green Bay or two and a half game lead on Green Bay at this point. Um, are they going to play that way all the rest of the year? I don't know. Uh, I think it's still kind of a toss up there. But look, they're they're playing well within the, the division. They beat Green Bay already this year um, in opening week, and they've got momentum on their side. So I think Green Bay is probably in a better position to be able to to make a run at a wild card spot. Whereas the Bucks, that division is not super great at this point. I mean, look, um, they're three and four. The Falcons are three and four. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see here, the Saints, who are two and five, and the Panthers, um, who are, let's see, where are they at in the list here? Two and five, uh, too. They're also two and five. So, um, I mean, I, I think that Tampa has a better chance of winning their division, but I think Green Bay has a better chance of being a playoff team, if that makes any sense. I think they're they're in a position, like you said, one one or two big plays here where they can get some momentum. And, you know, Lou brought it up, too, um, during his time on the show. Tuesday, which is November 1st, is the trade deadline. And there's some receivers out there that maybe the Green Bay Packers go out and pick up and, and, and try to, you know, build on uh, going forward. I think that's a very good possibility. In fact, it would shock me if they didn't make a move um, going forward. I think that they, you know, they've got to be willing to, to trade, you know, some draft picks. They've got to be willing to maybe salvage the season to some degree. Because I do think if the Packers get on a roll, they are a very dangerous team when they do that. Because, like you said, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in clutch situations in, in NFL history. So if they can get a player or two, a receiver or two, to really, um, you know, give them that, give them that veteran uh, leadership, then I think things can, can completely turn around. Whereas with Tampa, I feel like everyone's on a different page. In fact, they're not even in the same book. I feel like everyone's in a yeah. different book with, with their team right now, both on the offensive and defensive side. And it's a really – it's a tough thing to watch being in the Tampa market, just seeing how you go from what this team was a year and two years ago to now it's like, okay, like you said, they're back to being the Buccaneers again. I mean, I definitely think it's an easier fix for for the Packers. I think for the Packers, okay, you know, they bought a, a car that looked good, but there was only a couple things that was wrong with it that you found out. You know, the Bucks, you found out that you got a lemon, straight up lemon. There's more than just one or two issues. You have a bunch of issues. And I think the Packers, it's just a couple of tweaks. They have a stud running back in Aaron Jones. They have Dylan back there. They have a very good coach. They know how to come up with different plays. So I think it's an easier fix for the Packers than it is for the Bucks. definitely. The Bucks have a lot going on. And there's a lot going on there, too, I think, that probably we don't even know about yet, which may trickle out here over the next several weeks as things either get better or possibly worse for the Bucks. Absolutely. You know, and those young receivers, they're going to start catching up the speed and page, and they'll be on the same page with Aaron. I definitely, you know, I, I wouldn't count, Aaron, you know, the Packers out. Plus, Aaron Rodgers statistically is one of the best regular season quarterbacks. So I think the Packers are definitely in a better position. As poor as they've been the last few games, I still think they're in a better position than the Bucks. Well, let's go ahead and go through our picks here tonight. Um, obviously, I know uh, one of us uh, picked right last night. I had the Ravens uh, winning uh, last evening. They ended up, of course, coming out on top, and I believe you um, stuck with your guns there as far as picking your home team. 
Yeah, I did. I did uh, go ahead and stuck with my home team, and that's that's what it is. You know, that's me believing in the Bucks, and I was like, you know what? Main thing is, I believed in Tom Brady, saying that there's no way Tom Brady's going down three wins to five, especially being the primetime game on Thursday. They would find a way with the defense to get things clicking and win a game. It wasn't meant to be, so I, I lost with the Bucks pick. So the first game on the schedule for Sunday is uh, the two and five Broncos going to the uh, two and five Jaguars, and Broncos two and five is just astonishing with all the changes they made with bringing in uh, Russell Wilson, uh, young receivers there, of course, uh, veterans in there as well. I've got the Jaguars winning this game just because I feel like Denver can't seem to get out of its own way. Uh, on Sunday, I have Jacksonville winning in their home uh, home uh, home stadium there. Yeah, I agree with you. The Broncos have been this very disappointing. They've been right up there with the Bucks, if not, if, if anything, even worse because of the expectations. So I agree with you. I have the Jaguars winning as well at home. I don't, the Broncos haven't shown me anything, so I'm going to go with the Jags as well. I have Jacksonville winning. You got the Panthers two and five. They're going into Atlanta to play the three and four, possibly soon to be division leading. Uh, actually, they are division leading uh, Atlanta Falcons. I have Atlanta winning this game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I really should have picked Atlanta, but I'm going to stick it through and say that you know the Panthers, now that they beat the Bucks or have a little bit of momentum, they actually started to play really well in that game. So I think they're going to feed off of that, and I think they know that if they beat the Falcons, they're in a great position to kind of sneak in that, that playoff hunt. So I have the Panthers in an in a upset beating the, the Falcons. Yeah, the Cowboys hosting the Bears. This is a good matchup for sure. Bears coming in three and four, uh, trying to get to 500, and you have the uh, Cowboys at five and two. Um, I feel like this would probably be an easier pick if it was in Chicago uh, to pick the Bears, but it's a home game for Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I feel as if the Cowboys' defense are, is tough, and I feel like Dak is going to make the smart plays. They're playing at home. I, I feel as if the Cowboys are going to get it done and, and, and win the game. Miami is going on the road to Motor City to play, of course, uh, the Detroit Lions, who are 1-5. Uh, Miami is uh, looking good again here. They're 4-3. and three. This is actually one of my guaranteed lock picks this week, so I have the Dolphins winning in Detroit. It's not my lock pick, but I am very confident in saying that the Dolphins are starting to get, in, get things in, in moving the right direction. i got to give two a credit. You know, I, I really thought his career was pretty much over. But what I liked that he took away from that injury was to get the ball out quicker. He definitely did that in the last game. He did not hold on to the ball at all. So I have the Dolphins cruising along and beating the Lions. Minnesota at 5-1, and one, uh, of course, atop the uh, NFC North. They are hosting the 3-4 and four Cardinals. Um, it's kind of a tough game here. Two, two, uh, two teams that are – obviously trying to get to where they want to go. And Minnesota has led this division pretty much since week one of the NFL season. Cardinals, this is almost a must win for them. 
to keep pace with the rest of their division. I'm going to go with Minnesota in this game just because I feel like the momentum is mainly on their side at this point. Yeah, this one I did actually go and choose the Cardinals. I just feel as if they did a – they got the stride back. With Now they got Hopkins back, D-Hop. Team looked very different with having him back on the field. They started to get him really involved in the offense. It seemed like the defense picked up. So I feel, to your point, that the Cardinals are in a situation where they have to win a game. So I have the Cardinals in an upset actually beating the Vikings. All right, and then a game that I don't think anybody outside of either market cares much about, the 2-4 and four Raiders going into uh, New Orleans to play the 2-5 and five Saints. Um, I mean, this is a toss-up here, really, at this point. I'm going to go with the home team and the Saints winning this game on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I have the Saints winning the game, too. I think their defense is pretty solid. The offense, they played okay against the, the Cardinals, at least in the first half. So I just think the Saints are going to find a way to win the game, and they're tough to beat at home, so I got the Saints winning. Three and four Patriots, they are going on the road to play the five and two Jets. i got to be honest with you, the Jets have been one of the most exciting teams uh, this season. Really kind of a surprise that they're at five and two at this point, but uh, Robert Sala, their head coach, second year there, has really turned that team around. I've got the Jets on Sunday, and I think the Patriots are – this might be a game that they – kind of start going on, on the wrong direction as well. I bet the Jets win on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's it's ironic how things have changed. The Patriots always be a, almost like a guaranteed win against the Jets with Brady on the back at the helm. But things have changed. The Jets are doing really well. And the Patriots have some good pieces, but I just think the Jets overall is just too strong. Love the job Robert Sal is doing. So I have the Jets also, I agree with you, beating the Patriots. All right, and in the Battle of Pennsylvania, uh, the Steelers at 2-5. and five. I think they're going to continue to struggle. The Eagles are the last unbeaten team. They are at 6-0. and oh. I have this as a lock pick for the Eagles on Sunday, continuing to be undefeated. Yeah, I think the Steelers did steal a game against the Bucks, but I don't see them stealing a game against the Eagles. Eagles are flying high on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I have the Eagles beating the Steelers. Four and two going on the road to play the one four and one uh, Houston Texans. This game is in Houston, but uh, that's not going to matter. Houston's going to have a problem. I see the Titans winning on Sunday uh, there in Texas. No, I agree. I have the Titans also winning. I just feel as if they just uh, Derrick Henry and that team is just too much for the Texans. So I have the Titans also winning. Commanders have started to play better football here of late. Uh, they're now three and four, and they're going on the road to play the three three and one uh, Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts are in a tough position right now. They benched Matt Ryan, who of course was their big uh, offseason acquisition, and now uh, there are some calls for Frank Reich's job um, potentially um, if they don't turn things around there in Indy. I have the Commanders actually winning this game on Sunday. No, I agree. There's a lot of turmoil going on in the Colts. And, you know, like you know, Matt Ryan was the man on Thursday. Well, not the man, but he actually won the game, and he was at the booth, you know, talking with them on Thursday. Now he's getting benched. That's Thursday night football. I have the commanders winning too. NFC West uh, battle, 3-4 49ers are going on the road 
to play the three and three defending Super Bowl champion Rams. And I'm going to go with the 49ers in this game. I just feel like they have something to prove. They want to get back to being uh, above five or at, at 500 rather. And I, I feel like the 49ers are going to get this game on Sunday. Yeah, the Rams are not the team that were last year. I feel as if the Rams, I'm sorry, the 49ers are doing a lot better with Christian McCaffrey, great weapon. I feel as if the 49ers are going to put the piece together and they're going to beat the Rams. Now, some people in New York may not like me after this next pick. You get the 6-1 and one Giants, uh, a surprise at 6-1, and one, of course, this year. They're going on the road to play the Seahawks, another really surprising team. They're actually 4-3, and three, um, leading, I believe, the NFC West at this point uh, with that record. I'm going to pick the Seahawks. This is one of my upset. This is my, my only upset pick, in fact, this week. I have the Seahawks winning that game uh, up there in Seattle. This one was a tough pick for me, too. I, I feel as if... The Giants are doing great things, but the Seahawks are also doing great things, too. This one was a tough pick, but I feel as if the run game with the Giants and the defense are going to make a play and find a way to win the game against the Seahawks. So I have the Giants beating the Seahawks. All right, this next one was one that was hard for me to pick just because it's been such a rough last few weeks. Green Bay, 3-4. and four. Um They've already lost four games this season, which they only lost four games in each of the last uh, three seasons previously. So they've already matched that uh, loss total. They're going into Buffalo to play the Bills, who are at 5-1. and one. I have the Bills uh, winning on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I have the Bills beating the Packers. I don't see the Packers beating the Bills, especially not at home. I have this actually as a lock pick that the Bills are going to beat the Packers. All right, and then the Monday night game will be uh, the Battle of Ohio. It's the 4-3 and three defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, and they are going on the road to Cleveland to play against the 2-5 and five Cleveland Browns. This was a no-brainer for me. I have the Bengals winning this game. Yeah, this one was a no-brainer to me, too. I just feel as if the Bengals are definitely meeting their stride. You know, unfortunately, they won't have Jamar Chase, but I still think they are got enough pieces in – tools in a toolbox, so I have the Bengals winning too. All right, those are our picks for uh, for this week, uh, week eight of the NFL season, and as a friendly reminder, please do not use our picks to bet and make money, as we do not take responsibility for any bad decisions that you decide to make. However, if you do win a large lump sum of money, we definitely do take donations here on the program. So moving right along, uh, outside of the NFL now, we Spent quite a lot of time on that here tonight. Uh, the World Series is going on. Obviously, um, it's been a crazy playoff. Uh, some surprises. The Phillies are in the, in the World Series for the first time since 2008. The Astros are in the World Series for the second consecutive year. And when we started the program here uh, 51 minutes ago, uh, the Astros had a 5 nothing lead. It looked like they were going to just bowl over Philadelphia here in game one. Justin Verlander was throwing – Lights out, and believe it or not, in 51 minutes or less than 51 minutes, the Phillies have tied this game up and knocked Verlander out of the game. So it's tied at five, and I believe they're going into the bottom of the sixth inning there in wow. Houston. So I, I, um, I, I want to get your thoughts on first of all the Phillies making the World Series and an improbable uh, run that they've been on, and then of course uh, the Astros who 
um, bowled through the Yankees and swept them in the ALCS last week. Yeah, Houston, you know, we'll talk about the ALCS first. They actually, I have to tip my hat, they were the better team against the Yankees. I felt as if the Yankees really had nothing to really offer as far as competitive. They weren't really competitive in the series. Verlander was dealing. And when I say competitive, there was a couple of plays that the Yankees could have done that could change things in their factor, in their favor. But I just felt as if overall, even if the things did go the Yankees' way, I felt as if Houston was still going to find a way to beat them. I just felt as if Houston had a better team than the Yankees. And it showed. It clearly showed. I didn't think they were going to sweep the Yankees. I felt as if the competitive spirit of the Yankees would at least give them a game or two. But you got to tip your hat to Houston. They were the better team. They showed it. You know, and I thought it was ludicrous to say that we lost the game because the roof was open. I think you're just grasping for straws as an excuse. Okay, the roof was open. You got fresh air. You lost. They played in the same condition you did. You know, I'm not a Houston fan. I'll let you know that. I, I just think that Houston just flat out played better. You know, they were a better team. And pitching-wise, offensively, they just they just basically are the Yankees' daddy, as, as Pedro Martinez would say. They just – the Yankees have to find a way to get past Houston. So – as far as the Phillies, they're hot. It doesn't surprise me that they're putting up a fight. You know, that's the Philly way. I think this is going to be a series. But I just – I do wish Dusty Baker to win a Super a, a World Series. You know, it's been exactly 30 years since Cito Gaston, an African-American manager, won back-to-back. And this will be the 30 years. And I would love to see Dusty Baker get us – get a World Series. I think he's he put in a time. He deserves one. I'm not, a, again, a Houston fan, but I am a fan of Dusty Baker, and so I hope he does get it. And I, I do predict Houston to win the series. But, yes, I, I just think um, Houston is clicking. And they until somebody can beat them in a, in a seven-game series, I don't. I just don't see it happening. What are your thoughts on Houston and Phillies? Well, I mean, I, I mentioned this to you before the show uh, in our pregame notes. Uh, you know, I really feel like Philadelphia is basically a lot of ways the same team that the were a year ago, kind of an improbable run, got in at the very end, got hot at the right time, had to roll through some really good teams. You know, in an extra round of playoffs this year, Philadelphia had to go on the road and beat, uh, beat uh, St. Louis in St. Louis. They had to beat the Braves, of course, um, who were the defending champs. Then they – uh, ended up taking on the, the Padres, who had some similar uh, similarities as well. Now they're playing Houston, and as I mentioned, you know the first three or four innings of this game here tonight, game one of the World Series, it appeared that Houston was just going to roll, and now it's a tie ball game, and so it's really anything goes. I think that you know you, you could you know put the Dodgers in the World Series; they had the best record in the uh, National League this year. I'm not sure that would have been a better series than what we're going to see here right now. I think Philadelphia has a very good chance of winning this series, especially if they can come back after being down five runs in game one and win on the road. That that can really put momentum in their 
uh, in their corner. And the big thing about it is the Phillies are not scared of anybody. I mean, look, you, 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 you beat down the Cardinals, you beat down the Braves, really had no problem uh, beating San Diego. So at this point, it wouldn't shock me if they were to somehow pull this thing out. It's not going to happen in a sweep. It'll be a, a six or seven game series, but I definitely believe it can happen. No, you're right. I, I can see the Phillies winning too. They're, they're, they're the hot team. And that's the key. When you come to the world series, comes to playoffs, the team that's hot, I feel as if they're hotter than, than Houston. I just feel as if Houston has a great team, but for you to win game one against Verlander is, you know, on the road, that's huge. Anytime you win that. So I just definitely think it's going to be a, a hell of a series, but I just, I just hope Dusty gets one. <laughs> and I, I do believe too, if he does get one uh, here this year, I know he's been uh, to the world series. This is his third attempt. I wouldn't be shocked because his contract is up if he retires uh, after, uh, after this season. So we'll see what happens there. Very good game so far. Um, very competitive. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the first couple of innings, but now that they're tied, anything can happen. So we'll see how things go. And, of course, um, we'll know by the time we have a show again together. I'll be out next week, uh, so we won't be able to talk about this, unfortunately. But we will have, um, you know, kind of a look back or a review of the World Series when we meet again uh, in two weeks. So um wanted to shed a little light tonight, too, on uh, college football recruiting. Um, big, big recruiting announcement that came uh, yesterday and uh, one that, unfortunately, I wasn't too thrilled with. But here in Lakeland, where I live, uh, you have a young, uh, young man by the name of Cormani McLean. He is a defensive back, and um, they had a big announcement here in, uh, in the RP Funding Center in downtown Lakeland. He had uh, made his uh, final three selections as Alabama, Florida, and Miami. And uh, it seemed like he was leaning to go to Florida, and he ended up picking uh, the Miami Hurricanes uh, over uh, over the other two programs, which I think surprised a lot of people. I think there's going to be some, you know, news as to why he made that decision at a later point. Uh, a lot of people think it's going to be because of the NIL money. Uh, we'll see how that um, shakes out. But kind of an early uh, early uh, commitment day. Uh, National signing day is uh, still a little ways off, and then the early signing day. Uh, that will be in, I believe, mid-December. So we'll have a lot more news from the college football world coming up here in probably the next about six weeks or so. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And we're working on, too, bringing in um, a college football expert to our program who will be able to kind of shed some light on where some of these players may end up going or where our predictions are of where they may end up uh, landing as well. So now you had some, uh, some news here tonight uh, regarding the PGA and uh, some comments recently made by uh, star Rory McIlroy. Give us uh, your thoughts and your take on that. Yeah, Rory McIlroy, you know, he just won another event, and he was back at, you know, <laughs> slamming live golf as if, you know, things are going to change. You know, he just he, his world is in shambles, according to him, because of this turmoil. And this is what I say. Rory McIlroy is an outstanding golfer. But you know what? Things are going your way now because a lot of guys have joined Live Golf. You get a chance to win more tournaments now because of it. Just go out there and play, man. Just It is what it is. I know that you had these friendships, but it seemed like he's personally affected by the fact that guys have jumped ship. 
you know, hey, Roy, guys sometimes and females make career moves that they feel as if it's better for their career. These, you know, the men that have chosen to go to live golf did it because they felt as if it was better for their career, their families. It's their decision. You, my friend, you have to get over it. It's not anything personal. I think you, you're putting too much personal feeling in this. Just go out there and play and win your tournaments. They've actually did you a favor in the regard that since you're staying with the PGA Tour, you can win more tournaments now. And it shows you've been winning more. Just stop slamming Live Golf. Live Golf is here to stay. Unless something changes, which I don't see it, you just got to learn how to coexist. But, yes, you've already ended the relationships and friendships because of it. No reason for you to keep being a dead horse. I respect you, Roy, but it's time to move on. Yeah, no, that's a good point there. It, it is kind of something that's, you know, beyond uh, beyond changing, I think, at this point. Or not changing, but beyond, uh, you know, going back the other direction. It's, it's place, and uh, you're absolutely right. He needs to just simply move on uh, going forward. Yeah, just move on, buddy. You know, you're winning, so just continue right away, Roy. And I did want to bring up to speed some boxing news. We have the Anderson Silver and Jake Paul fight that's happening tomorrow. You know, I have Jake Paul winning this fight, and I just think Jake Paul is going to find a way to hit that knockout punch and win. We also have Muhammad Ali Jr., you know, the grandson of Muhammad Ali. Ali, Nico Ali Walsh, I should say his full name, Nico Ali Walsh. I have him winning. Definitely good luck to Nico Ali Walsh. And we also have Lomachenko fighting. I feel as if Lomachenko is going to do what he does best, and he's going to win the fight. I love how he wanted to make eye contact with his opponent in the weigh-in. I just think Loma is Loma, and he's going to do his thing and win the fight. But um, with the boxing news, I think uh, Ryan Garcia did bring up a good point that it would be nice if the better boxers would stop playing games and just get in the fight and fight like it was MMA. I agree with him. But unfortunately, the politics in boxing, it always has a play. And that's one of the Achilles heels to boxing is that the best don't usually fight the best like they do in MMA. I wish that would change. But as a boxing fan, you kind of get used to disappointments. It is what it is, but I'll keep you guys posted if anything changes on that end. But, yeah, that's what I have for the boxing boxing news. All right, well, great show here tonight. Uh, we've definitely covered a lot of great topics here. Um, as I mentioned before, I will be out next week uh, with a planned, uh, planned trip that I'm making. Uh, we will be back together again in two weeks, and Alan, of course, will be here uh, covering uh, next week's uh, next week's great program. So is there anything else you care to add here tonight? Yeah, definitely want to thank our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Definitely appreciate Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for everything he does. I'm going to be, again, uh, for those who missed, be eating breakfast with Chef G and some other great fellas tomorrow morning to start the day off right. So it's great when great minds get together. I also wanted to let the fans know I did do an interview with a great guest, Pat, Patrick Chester, 
regarding gambling and sports addiction. So that is something that <coughs> I'll be releasing that video soon. Just waiting for it to get edited. It's a powerful interview. If you know somebody who, who has an addiction to gambling, look out for that. It, not just gambling as far as sports, but this can help out somebody who has gambling with, you know, getting too many scratch-off cards, <coughs> spending the whole check on that. It's a powerful story, a fantastic interview. You really need to watch it. Patrick Chester, I want to thank him for doing the interview. He did it this actually this early this morning. The reason why it was early this morning is because he's all the way on the West Coast. So we had to kind of find a time that worked well. The earliest morning it was done. But I will share that video with you guys to watch it. Great stuff. Great to hear that here. And uh, certainly always great to add more content to our uh, our page as well. And, of course, you do those interviews so greatly uh, as well. So, Alan, thank you for, for doing that and uh, continuing to do that as we go uh, forward. It's been a great show here tonight. We covered a lot of ground, and we'll continue to do that as uh, as we progress into the final two months of the 2022 calendar year. And, of course, we can't wait for 2023 to get kicked off here in just about two months as well. So for Lou and for Alan and, of course, our great uh, sponsor, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check out us on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.